Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Could the global reflation trade be having a knock on effect on the Straits Times Index? The SDI slipped 1% so far in May. It's paired its 2021 gains to about 12%. So is the SDI stalling or is it likely to move further up? We take a closer look at earnings season in Singapore and what it means for certain sectors are some expected to outperform. And do valuation measures over in the US indicate that some US stocks have become extremely expensive? And speaking of expensive, We've been talking about copper uh, since before its jump, if I can remind everybody. Uh, Iron ore futures, though, surging more than 10%. Copper soaring to a record amid growing bets that they're going to be among the biggest winners from a commodities boom, stoking uh, concerns about inflation across the world, of course. So where's iron going? Iron ore prices, that is. Tong Ho Sung is director and health of, head of wealth management for Aura Group. Uh, Tong Ho, how are you? I hope your health is doing good this mo- this Tuesday morning. How are you doing? I'm all right. Not too bad, I would say, health-wise and everything else. Okay, that's good to hear. As always, welcome to the show. We're always good. It's always good to speak with you. Let's start with the STI. What are you seeing for Asia's best-performing stock market? Do you think rising virus cases here at home and the global reflation trade uh, is having an impact on the STI? Well, I think uh, the simplest way to, to put it basically is that Markets has gone up very well. Uh, has gone up quite a fair bit, as you as you mentioned earlier on. Mm-hmm. Market has has gone up year to date about twelve percent. I think uh, what's probably going to happen is uh, there's going to be some profit taking uh, in, in in the short term. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, as 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 you know, the most common adage that people always say is sell in May and go away. <laughs> uh, and this, I guess, the reflects a very historical. Uh, poorer half-year return mm. uh, that usually that we usually see between May and October, as compared to November and April period. Uh, while this is a little bit difficult to justify in terms of empirical observation, mm-hmm. uh, especially on a fundamental basis, uh, the statistics uh, tends to warrant some consideration. And and if you look at the, the STI on average over uh, at least the, the return of the SDI over a 10-year period is that it's usually down about 3%. So, so that old adage I, is holding yep. holding strong. Do you think they're going to wait to reinvest in November? <laughs> well, uh, traditionally, yeah, uh, that's the second and third quarter tends to be a little bit slower. That, that's true. So uh, I think the market's going to be just drifting sideways for the time being. Meanwhile, we saw investors bidding up shares in Tokyo, in Seoul and Sydney, but selling off here in Singapore. Yesterday, the STI failed to find support at the 3200 level yesterday. What do you think is going on? Tokyo, Seoul, Sydney, investors bidding up shares there, that old adage not holding in those areas. Well, I, I guess it's, it's very much a rotational play, mm. right? I mean, similarly to the equity market in terms of companies, uh, you have the value versus growth story, right? Mm-hmm. So as Singapore's market has risen quite high, uh, it's due for some profit taking. So they're basically just rotating it out to the other regional uh, markets. 
And as for Australia, mm-hmm. as you know, for Australia, market tends to be much more heavily weighted towards uh, the, the commodities, the minerals, mm-hmm. and that has done very well. Yes. So that has uh, has, has, has both. Uh, I would say what will happen is the, the Australian stock market will probably attract uh, some capital or investments over the next uh, little while at least. That's right. We will talk about commodities in just a bit. Let me check, take a check on the STI this morning, nine minutes past 10. It is in the red, down 0.81% to 3,156.76. All right, let's uh, take a closer look at earnings season happening here in Singapore. Uh, pretty bumper season, a lot of good results. Which sectors are you expecting to outperform, Tongho? Uh, as, as you know, I mean, as you said, I mean, results has come in, I would say, pretty good uh, to be expected. After all, we're all coming out from a pandemic and, and, and a lower base. Mm. Uh, the way I see it, I mean, the, the traditional economic uh, sensitive stocks like your banks, your real estate developers are probably the ones that uh, will, will continue to, to outperform. Mm. Uh, I, I continue to like the healthcare sector as well. Uh, because as you can see from some places around globally, uh, there, there seem to be a second or third wave and very targeted lockdowns uh, seem to be coming on screen. Right? So with all that, I, I think healthcare, uh, banking, real estate developers, uh, e-commerce will, will probably still continue to do quite well. And that in turn will, will, uh, will, will benefit the, uh, the, the industrial uh, REITs as well, or the, the logistics sector, and I like the I like the continued staple uh, supermarkets out there. Because oh. no matter what, we're still going to need to eat anyhow. Yeah, apparently we still need our coffee as well. Coffee shop operator Kim Lee, its profits more than doubled in the first mm-hmm. half of its financial year. So you know, some were questioning whether people would go out and have their coffee, but apparently coffee well, shops doing well. Well, you know, with, with restrictions and movement restrictions and working from home, mm. uh, you know, p- people can still go out and why not go out and, and meet some friends uh, and then have yourself a coffee at the same time. While you're at it, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a closer look at um, our other topics that we've got lined up for Tong Ho. Let's take a look at, do you think valuation measures are indicating that U.S. stocks have become extremely expensive, Tong Ho? <laughs> Actually, the U.S. market has, on a valuation basis, has been uh, expensive for quite some time now, uh. you know, and, 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 and the market has continued to go up. Uh, and, and I guess the, the question people are asking is, why? Right? And, and I, I think uh, there is this distinct uh, greed hive, as Gordon Gecko put it uh, in the movie pre, pre, in Wall Street, greed is good. So mm-hmm. there's, there's the greed hive that's buzzing around uh, with speculation. Uh, you also had uh, episodes of engineered short squeezes. And of course, uh, you, you have basically momentum buying uh, of, 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 of just about anything and everything in, that, that's listed in the stock market. But I guess when it comes down to the fundamentals, if you look at it, uh, why the market's been, been continued to be on an upward trend basically is because financial conditions have remained very loose uh, with very low interest rates, uh, very accommodative monetary policies. Uh, I would 
the expectations of earnings is also on the, on the uptrend. Uh, and, and, and with the low interest rates and accommodative monetary policies, the market's very much liquidity-driven. Uh, and, and, and I guess the biggest one out there is uh, the fear of missing out. So mm-hmm. when the market's good, uh, there's, there's, there's no general reckoning of, of, of anything. So, but uh, I would say that uh, just be very nimble, very selective. And I think you probably will be able to see some good values uh, when the market turns. What happened to the fear about the U.S. stock market crash? I think we were talking about it quite a bit last year. There seemed to be great fears amongst investors about catastrophic loss. Um, and it, do you think that it seems like investors have become much less worried about a stock market crash? And is that a good or bad thing? Well, I guess it really depends on, 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 on which side of the fence you're sitting, yeah. right? I mean, if you're, if you're invested in the market, that's great because it, it's been continuing to go up. Uh, but if you've been sitting on the sideline, uh, and it's always tough to sit on the sideline and seeing the market is going up and, 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 and not do anything. And, and I think that, that uh, the very fear of, mo- of missing out, as I, I mentioned earlier on, uh, makes people jump into the market. So I think we had a little bit of a wobble earlier on because of inflationary fears. Uh, but central banks have, have continued to come out to say that, oh, they're going to you know, maintain very accommodative uh, policies going forward for the next little while. So I think the market will probably still uh, have some way to go before it turns around. All right. We've been talking about the disappointing job numbers and the sort of uh, dichotomy between job numbers not doing so great, uh, but indices hitting record levels. So investors not seeming to or seemingly looking away from the disappointing jobs numbers. But what do you think um, the employment figures indicate about uh, the possible knock-on effects? What does that mean for the U.S. dollar? For the U.S. dollar, I would imagine that it would be mostly range-bound. It will probably be very currency-specific. I think when, 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 because with, with, with uh, I, I think last week's number that uh, the U.S. unemployment benefits fell below 500,000, I think for the first time since the start of the pandemic, uh, this basically signals a new phase of the labor market recovery. Uh, if you look at U.S. Treasury, uh, the 10-year benchmark tends to have uh, stalled at, or at least peaked for the time being at 175 and uh, now it's trading at about 1.6 level. Mm. So I, I, I would say that for the U.S. dollar, it's probably going to be very much wage-bound. And depending on, 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 on which currency you're looking at, I think that that's where you probably can see some bullishness or bearishness or, or, or neutrality down there. So the U.S. Uh, dollar, you expect to still come under disappointment as we reflect on the weaker employment numbers moving ahead? I would say yes, especially when, 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 when central banks have come out, at least uh, Chairman uh, of the U.S. Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, came out to say that, oh, you know, uh, that they, they don't intend to pare back any of the bond buying. Uh, interest rates will continue to stay low, uh, which basically means that people will look at it and go, okay, I can get back into the risk. The risk appetite will then come back on, right? And, and when that happens... Uh, the U.S. dollar tends to weaken a little bit, 
Uh, if you look at the U.S. dollar index, uh, that, that's that's a little bit uh, trading a little bit of the downside. So, you know, it, it's going to be very much data-driven, but uh, I would imagine that, uh, you know, dollar is still going to be very range-bound. All right. And uh, have we come to iron ore futures yet? Not yet. We need Not to yet. talk about that. <laughs> surging more than 10%. So we know we're in the midst of a commodities boom and it seems like copper and iron ore futures are amongst the biggest winners. What are your expectations for iron ore prices? Boy, uh, I, I think all this, what has, what's been happening is commodity prices have been surging quite a fair bit. Yeah. Uh, especially if you look at it one year ago. I think what iron ore has come up to, has, has probably increased by like what 135 percent thereabouts, uh, and, and 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 copper has also reached I think what a 10 year high. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, it, it's trading now at about what 10,700 plus dollars uh, US dollars per ton. So, it, it people are talking about are we going to see a super cycle in, in, in commodities? Right, and 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 I think. Uh, What's probably going to underpin commodity prices going ahead mm-hmm. is one, the pivot towards infrastructure building. Uh, as, as, as the U.S. President Joe Biden has also mentioned, that one of the key pillars for his, his, his plan was to rebuild a lot of the U.S. infrastructure. Uh, and then when you talk, of, and, and as well as China as well. And yeah. if China was to tighten that, and, and actually, uh, you know, their, their environmental uh, requirements and all, uh, you, you would see commodity, especially things like, uh, especially commodities like uh, copper, iron ore, steel, mm-hmm. aluminium, uh, they'll, 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 they'll definitely uh, continue to go up mm-hmm. in, in price because demand's just not, well, I would say that demand is there. But supply is not, especially since the pandemic, when a lot of these uh, mines and all had to slow down, uh, and, and it's not, and, and you can't just flip the switch and, and, and the production comes back on. So right now, I would say that uh, demand is definitely outstripping supply, and that's one of the reasons why I, the commodity prices have have actually done very well this year. So how can the retail investor get in on the commodity sector? I mean, are they looking at, for example, a mining company or a commodity ETF or, or something else? Well, <laughs> I, I would say that the simplest and cheapest way uh, to, to benefit would be, yes, uh, very much a commodities-focused uh, ETF. Mm. Uh, that, that There are quite a number of, of, of ETFs out there. Uh, and... and, and of course, uh, another way to basically, I, I, I would call it, uh, to, to, to benefit from this uh, upswing would be to invest directly in the commodity producers itself. Uh, because, you know, they, 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 they have, especially the big ones, they have relatively fixed costs mm-hmm. uh, and, and their earnings will continue to rise. And one of the other advantages of, of investing in a commodity uh, related company is that uh, they can deliver high and sustainable dividend income. So when when you have the combination of uh, price gains as well as reinvested uh, dividends over 
over the period of time, hey, you know, I think you would uh, do very well. Great insight there. I'm going to start researching those commodity (laughs) prices right now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tongho, for joining us. Have a wonderful Tuesday. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much. He's Tong Ho Sung, Director and Head of Wealth Management for the Aura Group. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.